You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So is it true, Gox Mackay, that the bumper from our friend Chris Rutkowski, channeling Emperor Ming, the Max Seidel version, not the Charles Middleton version, is the absolute best of the Paracast bumper ever? Gox? Well, there have certainly been uh, many good bumpers over the years, and I would definitely say I think it was the longest. In fact, I was just expecting you to cut him off because it was going on too long, but he did manage to rein himself in a bit. But yeah, that's it's got to be in the top three anyway. There is a photo in the Paracast forums at forum.theparacast.com where Chris is portraying Emperor Ming in a radio play, but he's wearing the outfit. <laughs> Where did he get the outfit from? I don't know, maybe from a costume rental or something like that. But understand here, we're dealing with two types of Emperor Ming. We have the original, and I still think the best was a character actor named Charles Middleton in the Flash Gordon movie serials from the 1930s. I expect we can find him somewhere. And the production value is very primitive, but it's the 1930s. And Flash Gordon, of course, was played by Buster Crabbe, if anyone remembers or cares. Then there was a remake, and I think the guy who played Flash Gordon was Sam Jones. And the theme music came from Queen and David Bowie. Mm-hmm. So that's all the trivia we need. Well, the original, uh, those Flash Gordon serials, of course, are available on DVD. I have a collection of them with the Middleton Ming. Yeah, Max von Sydow's Ming in the Sam Jones version was, was pretty good, too. You know what? I preferred those old black and white ones because oh, yeah. and they, yeah. they totally had the feel of, remember uh, the Rocket Man show? Uh-huh. The, gu- the guy just had like a, a rocket pack on his back and he would fly about the sky and the controls were on his belt buckle. It just yeah. had the same feel as, as that and I loved that as a kid. Well, that, the yeah. movie that introduced the Rocket Man was King of the Rocket Men and it was from Republic Pictures in the late 40s. And that was the predecessor to Commando Cody, who also wore that rocket suit. But the spaceships they used employed the same special effects that Universal used for the Flash Gordon serials. Oh, with the rocket on a string and the uh, sparkers coming out of the back? Yes. That was awesome stuff. I love it. You know, I my uh, disbelief was certainly suspended, and I just got right into it. Obviously, as a kid, you don't pick apart the faults with special effects so much, but it just had an atmosphere that I really liked. I even liked the, uh, the first uh, Superman serials, TV serials, with uh, that guy George something. was What was his name? George Reeve. Yes. But that's not the first one. The original serials occurred in the 1940s, yes. and the actor's name was Kirk Allen. The problem is here is that Columbia Pictures used such a low budget, they didn't actually show flying scenes. They simply made a cartoon of Superman flying. And it really, (laughs) really looked bad. I can imagine. The woman who played Lois Lane in those serials, Noel Neal, later took on the role for the TV series with George Reeves. I think the flying scenes were hit or miss. But remember, in those days, there were no production values for shows like that. The budgets are very low. But before we go on, if you want to look at good flying scenes, rent a copy of The Adventures of Captain Marvel from 1941, starring Tom Tyler as Captain Marvel. And there you'll see some pretty good flying scenes. I mean, they were done with models, in addition to having him on a wire. But a lot of that technology was not exceeded 
in flying scenes until Superman the movie in 1978. Yeah. And remember how spectacular that was when that first came out because no one had yeah. done the uh, flying stuff that good. I mean, just having him on the cables, yeah. like now, you know, the younger people, they go, big deal. You know, people do that in high school plays now. But back then, when they were using that crane to lift and lower Christopher Reeve, and it was like, wow, this is the most realistic Superman we've ever seen. And I mean, that was something. That 78 movie. That was something when it came out. You know what, Walter? I remember actually when Superman came out, there were TV programs and, and the news over here in the UK. And one of their like stories would be, how did they make Superman fly in the movie? It, you know, yeah. people were talking about it so much. There was even, you know, that would be a, a news item on its own. How did they make him fly? And they would always like exactly, say, yeah. leave it for the end of the show to like keep you, you know, the cliffhanger. And yeah, yeah. Well, it, people really freaked out about it because it was great for the time. A bit like Star Wars. It was just so great for the time. And those were the days still when you guys probably remember this. I remember when I went to see Superman, the movie in 78, I got a program. I mean, I yes. got like a full color. It was like a 10 page program about the movie. And I mean, they would hand things out like that in those days. And uh, But I think one of the appeals, Gene, about the reason why we appreciate the 30s serial more uh, in Flash Gordon more than, say, the and don't get me wrong. I enjoy the hell out of the, the 1980 Flash Gordon with Sam Jones. It, it has its own appeal and its own charms. But the reason we still prefer those serials is the same reason if you're really into independent film, what it is is you're appreciating the effort. The Sam Jones, Max von Sydow 1980 Flash Gordon, it was a bit – I mean it was for fun, and it, it, but it was much more tongue-in-cheek than those serials. You know, they were uh, – believe it or not, when you watch those, I mean they're playing those serials more straight than the 1980 with the big colorful budget. And, That's the uh, point right there. They were played straight. Now, if you're looking at the old movie serials like the Republic serials, uh-huh. Radar Men from the Moon, yes, the I villain – is played, or at least one of the villains, is played by Leonard Nimoy. Oh, yes. <laughs> True. I haven't here's looked a, at, pulled that DVD out in a long time. I need to check that out. Yeah. Here's a question. Do you guys know who invented the green screen uh, effects, special effects, and when did it start? Which year did that first come out in the movies you know well, well the green was um the advanced version of the blue screen do you mean when did they start doing like that yeah, color yeah. screen yes uh the, i my understanding is the blue screen had started um by the the 1970s the superman star wars era yeah now so no, just uh, to point out here folks if you're wondering what's going on we have walter bosley we have gogs mckay Chris has been a little bit late this week. He'll be by later. So we're talking over a lot of things. We're in pop culture mode now, but we'll get into other subjects such as breakaway civilizations very shortly. But I can't give this up. Now, if you want to see some pretty good flying scenes, by the way, the thing I noticed here between Superman 1978 and, say, Man of Steel is then when he took off, it was like gradual. He gradually rises into the sky. But when you had Superman and Man of Steel, he soared and you yeah. heard the sonic booms. Yeah. And a similar philosophy is shown if you see the leaked pilot for the CBS series Supergirl. Again, I think the flying scenes there are just about as good as the movie. And we're talking about a TV show. Don't know what? if you've seen it. Not yet. Not no, yet. Not I, yet. I will definitely check that out. 
Jupiter Ascending, uh, that's a modern film, of course, but it had great flying scenes, just in terms of, you know, uh, going from uh, somebody on the ground, definitely an actor in, like, real film, and then kind of, it was very seamless into the CGI uh, in the sky. Uh, who's the guy? He, was, he, he did that. Chan- Channing Tatum? Yes, Channing Tatum, yeah. yeah. I saw that one. You're right. Those, those flying sequences were uh, pretty decent. Those are pretty good. Uh, it, it, it's you know, there's a trend right now, guys, where um, there are filmmakers that are insisting on going back to the what's called practical or the physical effects. And J.J. Abrams uh, apparently has done this on a big scale with uh, you know the return of Star Wars, where you know he built a life-size Millennium Falcon set, and you know he's he's where for a while, the last 15 years especially, um, they've been doing this all CGI. I mean, everything they could do CGI they would and not with the greatest results um, he insisted on actually building the physical uh, sets and, and things and uh, there's more filmmakers that even on the smaller level are preferring to go back to that because you know um, it may not be exactly how real life is but there's something about you know even a miniature sometimes it's just so much better than CGI we have because- Walter Bosley we have Gogs Mackay Chris O'Brien will be back very shortly. More to come. You're in the Paracast. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. First game attack of the rockoids and it was a critically acclaimed success and now there's the coming of the protectors a former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the earth this is gripping science fiction of the classic kind attack of the rockoids and the coming of the protectors find out more at rockoids.com that's rockoids r-o-c-k-o-i-d-s dot com Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich, working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare, having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com.
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Thousands of people seeking home security get ripped off every day, and the home security industry wants you to believe that's your only option. They've got hordes of salesmen out there trying to scare you into signing one of their long-term contracts. You get stuck writing huge checks month after month with no way out. It's robbery by contract, and it can cost you thousands. But there's a better way to protect your home. Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe has no contracts, none. You'll get award-winning 24/7 protection. Security professionals watching over your home, ready to instantly send police to the rescue for just $14.99 per month. That's less than half what most companies charge. Protect your home the smart way. Visit simplysafedefense.com today for an exclusive 10% offer and get a free keychain remote worth $25 only when you go to simplysafedefense.com simplysafedefense.com Do you owe the IRS money? Has the IRS garnished your wages or put a lien against your house? The IRS has the power to make you pay back what they claim you owe and will stop at nothing to collect. There is a solution. Call Signature Tax now. Speak with our professionals and feel the weight of your tax burden lifted from your shoulders. Call now for your free and confidential analysis. 800-481-3147. Again, that's 800-481-3147. 800-481-3147. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Walter Bosley does that very well. Oh. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. On the Paracast this week, we have a big agenda to talk about. We're starting with pop culture because I just think we have to consider the various subjects with which we deal and as they relate to pop culture, like I've mentioned many times in the past, for example, the day the earth stood still, not the lousy remake with right. Keanu Reeves, but the original with Michael Rennie as clad to influence a lot of the early contact claims. The handsome, tall alien with a silver uniform comes here to warn the earth of its folly. Of course, the difference is with the contactees, we had to become one with the Space Brothers. With Clatu, you either get your act together or we destroy your planet. A fine distinction. And we're talking, of course, about movie special effects and how possibly doing something with miniatures or as realistically as possible still has the veneer of reality more so than CGI. And sometimes it's not visible, but you get a feeling, you know, mm-hmm. you get a feeling that Something like that is more genuine. On the other hand, CGI has become so sophisticated and so much less expensive to create that a lot of the special effects on TV shows are really good. They've had on the sci-fi channel, for example, we have Killjoys and Dark Matter. Why is everything called Dark Matter? Don Ecker needs to be alerted. (laughs) Eugene. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, just I wanted to quickly go back to that point about J.J. Abrams building a full-size Millennium Falcon. Well, knowing what a kind of Star Wars sci-fi geek that uh, he is, I think he built a full-size Millennium Falcon because he could. Because he was at the helm, because he loves the originals, and he would have dreamt about being in the the real Millennium Falcon when he was a kid like I do. And he thought, you know, I'm not going to have this drawn on a computer. I want a full-size one so I can go in it as well. Besides, what's a few million dollars among friends? Let me tell you something else that we have to offer, okay? And that's Paracast Plus. It's a special feature of the show. And we mention it two or three times each episode. And I think some of you kind of turn it off. Always oh, talking about something that he's trying to sell. And you turn it off. But the advantage of it is, for those of you who are tired of the network ads, and we understand that. That's why people use DVRs for TV shows. You have this alternate version of the show where we take out the network ads and we give you higher audio quality for Paracast Plus. And we have a second radio show called After the Paracast when we talk shop, we have special guests. We sometimes continue discussions that start on the PowerCast. And we had that situation when Walter Bosley was here last time where he had some books he wanted to talk about. We ran out of time, so we got him back for that. So this is an example of what that's about. And to induce you to subscribe at plus.thepowercast.com, we've been offering a copy of Stalking the Tricksters from Chris O'Brien, the ebook version for those of you who sign up for a year. I'm going to put in a sweetener now. We also offer a five-year membership. So if you subscribe for five years to the Paracast Plus, you don't just get Stalking the Tricksters. We're going to give you another book from Chris that he's been offering for people who subscribe to our newsletter, and that is Secrets of the Mysterious Valley. Two books for five years, plus.theparacast.com. Let's get back with our guests talking about pop culture, about special effects and everything. And the thing about it now is that it's so easy to produce special effects on the cheap that more and more of these so-called UFO photos can be created Uh by people without big budgets, and that creates a problem. Therein lies a dilemma. So are there any UFO photos out there anymore, guys? That could be genuine, or is it possible just to create a fake no matter what? I'm sure there's some that could be genuine. The problem is um, the, the photograph no longer stands as a strong piece of evidence or as strong as it used to. I, I don't think. I'm in that camp that thinks that the photograph or the video is now unfortunately um, – uh, diluted or watered down because of what you're talking about. Now you have to get into who originated it, you know, who generated it, where is it coming from, you know, can we get an expert in here to to analyze it? Now, you know, whereas before it was like, hey, get a photo, get it on film. Well, now we, you just because of this, that's not as strong anymore. I think also, Gene, that uh, you know, in the past when when it was um, analog. People on holiday or even uh, just people into photography, they were carrying uh, real cameras around with, you know, decent lenses on them sometimes. But most people, even for their holiday snaps now, they're taking them on their mobile phone. And even though the, you know, the number of pixels, the kind of image quality is quite good in, in that respect, 
they're not good for taking of, uh, photographs of small objects at a distance in the sky. And this, this can be shown by just try to take a photo of a, a jet, you know, maybe at 20,000 feet or so. It, it's true. terrible. And, you know, you know so right. there are far less uh, kind of analog cameras on the go now. And I think this is, you know, uh, people often make the point that there are so many cameras in the hands of people all the time now. Why are we not flooded with great UFO photos? Well, part of the reason is these people are constantly looking down, texting. They're not looking at the sky. And even if they were, camera phones are terrible for taking photos at a distance of small objects. Well, the other issue you have to consider is that it's harder to hold them steady because a camera yes. is designed to fit and to be held on your face and you can steady it better. A smartphone is kind of an awkward way to do it. Now, it's true that some smartphones like the iPhone 6 Plus have optical image stabilization that helps. And well, it's also we have some smartphone cameras with loads and loads of megapixels. That helps, but not completely. Right. And then there's the issue that um, I, I think, Gene, we were talking about with Greg um, here, I'm pretty sure it was here on the Paracast, where, um, you know, if it is a legitimate object, there might be something on board that is messing with the digital visual recording of it. It might be emitting some type of signal. Um, and, you know, if you add that factor in, um, you know, if we're taking the leap in what we're talking about here, um, th that makes it even more difficult uh, to capture these things. So, um, you know, between the limits of the camera or and um, what might be on the thing to mask it, um, again, uh, trying to capture a legitimate one or anything, you know, just isn't the thing like it used to be. I think a many I think many of us think uh, agree that the the UFO phenom phenomenon has there's always been uh, it's always been up to the UFOs or their occupants or wherever they come from it's always been up to them how much they allow us to be seen them to be them, mm -hmm. uh, them to be seen and I wonder now if with them being probably aware that there maybe are more uh, cameras around even if they're smartphone cameras i wonder if you know they're even uh, uh like allowing themselves to be seen even less uh, because they're aware of it let's do the definition of breakaway civilization on the other side with walter bosley gogs mckay you're in the podcast thank you for listening to gcn be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Before using heart and body extract, my energy level was very, very low. I could only walk a few feet, 
and then would have to sit down. I was tired and lethargic, but after taking heart and body extract, my energy level has improved greatly, and I can now walk longer distances without getting tired so fast. Thank you, heart and body extract. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Okay, open your mouth and say, ah. Ah. When your child has a sore throat, you need to know when to get help. The doctor-recommended Say Ah Sore Throat Exam is your solution. The scientifically designed oral retractor offers a clear view of the throat, relaxing the tongue and minimizing gag reflex. Compare with a medical grade chart, website, and app. Then you'll know just what to tell your doctor. A wellness plan in your hands in minutes. Go to sayahnow.com. Sayahnow.com, the new mainstay for every family's first aid kit. That's the sound your brain makes when you realize you're buying something and forgot the coupon. Online or in a store, knowing that you're missing a deal is the worst. You need the app from Retail Me Not right now. Get thousands of coupons from 50,000 stores like Kohl's, Domino's, Best Buy, and more with crazy deals like 60% off, free shipping, and free gifts with purchase. You can get a text invite to download the Retail Me Not app 100% free right now for Apple or Android. Just text the code UPDATE to 42767. Then just show your phone at checkout to save. It literally couldn't be easier. It's 2015. Keep your coupon bonds in your phone. Stop what you're doing and text UPDATE to 42767. Listeners will get a text with a link to download it 100% free. Never forget another coupon again. Text the code UPDATE to 42767 right now. That's UPDATE to 42767. Message and data rates may apply. For terms and privacy, visit RetailMeNot.com. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't take on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? Gox McKay, Walter Bosley, Chris O'Brien will be here later on. And we're now hitting the main topic of our discussion here. From pop culture to UFO photos to breakaway civilizations. Before we go on with that, Walter Bosley... Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you know, you bring up a good point. Absolutely, I, I think um, I'm in that camp. I, uh, I I agree. There's that plays a big a big role, a big factor. And think about this, especially if you're looking at something that is the product of a breakaway civilization. It's it's within their interests to mess with the imagery if by capturing what it really looks like you might be able to find something that reveals the breakaway civilization origin of it as opposed to the mysterious extraterrestrial or you know other dimension i wanted listeners particularly those who are new to the show and haven't heard about this what is your definition of the breakaway civilization my definition i think it's pretty much a group that is financially politically and therefore socially independent of the world um, as known by the mass of humanity who has developed their not only their own uh, civilization in the social financial and political realm but technologically that gives them the independence they need to not have to participate in the world we have to participate in. The way I like to look at it is, or the way I tend to look at it is, they've got their thing, they consider it a good thing, and they don't want to lose their good thing. So they've broken away from us even further to maintain that buffer. And so therefore, they would like to uh, remain as covert as possible. And yet... I find that they still have a stake in what's going on in in the known world, certainly because they're using you know some of the same resources. That's my kind of big wordy definition. Yeah, and so do we are we saying I I think I am saying personally that possibly the impetus behind any uh, breakaway civilization could be the kind of alternative three theory, and that is that mm-hmm. these people, the establishment of the super rich and powerful, you know, Bilderberg group, these kind of people, at some point in the last 50 years or whatever, they've, you know, sat down in all their meetings and thought, you know what, the world population is just going to keep on getting bigger and resources are finite, we're running out of oil and stuff, and they are kind of thinking, well, never mind the rest of the world. We want to continue the species and certainly our own genetic line. And we need to start planning ahead now for when the Earth becomes uninhabitable due to possibly a runaway virus or just a lack of resources or a huge solar flare, any of those reasons. But they may just be thinking so far ahead that, you know, we we need to do something now and we're not going to tell the people because the majority of people, they won't be allowed to be part of it. They can't just for the numbers and they might be very unhappy if they knew that probably a lot of their hard work is maybe even being utilised towards these goals, but they don't even know it. And if I go back to the alternative three scenario, in that there are all these scientists and whatever, these people who are judged to have some kind of worth, and they are being siphoned off, kind of disappeared, if you like, uh, into this programme, whilst the rest of us are not even allowed to know. 
is there a break- breakaway civilization? I, I certainly think it's uh, it's worthwhile to look at why these people might choose to to create one, and I think that kind of alternative three uh, scenario is probably the the best reason. Now, guys, are you considering breakaway civilizations here in the same sense as Richard Dolan does? Yeah. Refresh my memory on uh, specifically what. Okay, well, there is a breakawaycivilization.com website. Mm -hmm. And I'll read you the paragraph, okay? Okay. And you can tell me if you feel this theory works. The term breakaway civilization was coined by Richard Dolan after his exhaustive and expensive research into his books, UFOs and the National Security State Volumes 1 and 2. He came to the realization that the deep, secretive, black-budget world had actually become a civilization of its own, with its own exotic technology, a different view of the cosmos, our place in it, and a different version of human history. This is a new avenue of research that will delve into the occult, secret societies, central banking, UFO secrecy, the military-industrial complex, and the secret space program comprising this breakaway civilization. Now, that sounds more all-encompassing than what you're talking about, Walter. Oh, no, no, no. Here's what I'm talking about, actually. In my view, there are, based on my research, in my analysis, there are two breakaway civilizations, and one of them absolutely encompasses all that you just described and what Goggs was talking about. The other one, I find, is uh, much less involved in the occult and social engineering aspects. These are what I call the nuts and bolts guys whose interest is just we want to do our own thing. We want to get off planet. We want to, you know, industrialize. And um, they're not so much into trying to get into controlling the mass of humanity through the banking and the, all these other things you're talking about. But um, absolutely, their opposition, I believe these, um, I'm convinced that the, I don't like to use the word believe, I think that these two breakaway civilizations are in opposition to each other. Now, because humans, you know, it's it's a normal human thing to want to divide when people are in opposition, you want to say, okay, who are the good guys, who are the bad guys? Um, it, it's not exactly there's a gray area where that's concerned because here's my view. The guys who are not the ones that as as Dolan describes them, that, that encompass all the occult and the social engineering and and all the you know the world banking stuff, the the guys that are the nuts and bolts ones, it it's not that they don't care about us so much that they're what you would call the traditional good guys like in a serial, they just kind of want to do their own thing, but they're opposed to the in my view they're opposed to the tactics and the objectives of the ones who do want to be here controlling us, if this makes sense. And, and that's why they're, they're kind of the – between the two, they're the, the better guys, the, the lesser of the two evils, you might say. This is my view based on my research. Well, let's look into this in more detail here. So just uh-huh. to clarify, both breakaway civilizations consist of normal human beings or whatever yes. who have decided to do their own thing, to go off and do their own thing. So we uh-huh. think about some secret civilization like in Mount Shasta or something where some of these legends arose. Or maybe they live in the caves. And maybe this is what we call Deros and Tiros. Is that going too far? Um, yeah. Well, see, that 
that plays a part in the in the ancient uh, aspect of what's connected to all this. What the way I see it is the ones that want to have a hand of control on us here, um, they live among us. And when I mean that, they're the ones who are the rich who live in the nice houses in Rhode Island and, you know, the, I guess, you know, the nice side of Manhattan. And, you know, the, you know they, they live among us here on Earth. Um, now, they have their – naturally, they would have their access to off-planet stuff. But these would be the elite that Gogs mentioned and other people have pointed out um, that this one, this breakaway that wants to control the world, so to speak. Now, this superficially, be- then, let's clarify. Superficially, yeah. they seem to be regular people. Oh, absolutely, they are. You, They're human beings. You meet them on the street, you see them in the restaurant, but they've sure. got this whole other side of their lives that's yes. hidden from us. Yeah, that's the way I. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. They don't so, live in a so, secret place. They live here. We've got Walter yeah. Bosley, and he's a fellow with former counterintelligence credentials and a lot of experience there. We've got Gogs Mackay, one of our forum moderators. More to come. You're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Conspiracy Journal is your number one source for the hidden world of the weird and strange. We bring you thought-provoking and controversial material for free-thinking individuals who are seeking what is really going on in our world today. Some of this material may adversely affect you. Other pieces are meant to enlighten. Either way, be prepared to be intrigued by such things as the reality of UFOs, ghosts, strange creatures from time and space, hidden conspiracies, time travel, Nikola Tesla, suppressed technology, and a whole lot more. You can find out more by visiting our website at conspiracyjournal.com. There you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter sent directly to your email address. Find out what they don't want you to know. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. We've been patiently waiting. Waiting while you tried to ignore us. Waiting while you acted like we didn't exist. Waiting for our chance to be taken seriously. The wait is over. GCN is available 24-7 at GCNlive.com. Navigate through news from your favorite hosts and download archives of past shows. Download the app on your smartphone or tablet or visit GCNlive.com for instant access and live streaming. GCNlive.com, the future of talk radio. Now at your fingertips. We the people. 
healthy, organic, fresh fish, robust, mouth-watering vegetables, all from your home. It's called Aquaponics. This brilliant, self-sustaining protein and veggie system is perfect for year-round growing. Know exactly where your food is coming from. Aquaponicsource.com is the one-stop shop for all your needs. Fish, fish food, plumbing, full systems, classes, and more. Learn to build your own system. Go to aquaponicsource.com for a free guide to aquaponics. That's aquaponicsource.com. Have you ever felt like the United States government knows way too much about your financial affairs? I continue to hear stories about property seizures, frozen bank accounts, confiscation of stocks and bonds. It makes me wonder if the U.S. citizen will ever again have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, with the Drug and Money Laundering Act, the IRS Revenue Ruling 6045 of 1984, and the Trading with the Enemy Act and Franklin D. Roosevelt's Executive Order of 1933, some precious metal holdings are subject to government intervention. For this reason, Midas Resources has prepared a report explaining the boundaries of trading precious metals privately. Whether if you have any intention of trading with Midas Resources or not, I have instructed my representatives to give this report out free. Call for your free copy at 1-800-686-2237. When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately. 1-800-686-2237. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. You see, there what I did, folks, was to allow Goggs, Mackay, and Walter Bosley to compete amongst themselves for who would say the Paracast stinger first. And maybe next time they'll say it so fast, it'll be like these commercials they used to have years ago about Federal Express, where they actually hired an actor who could speak very fast. Yes, the uh, Joe Seidelmeyer ads, I believe. He was the director of those, and he had a little bit of fame amongst filmmakers for a while there. The verbal small fish. Yeah. (laughs) I tried to practice that, and I just stumbled all over myself. I mean, I took certain exercises to heart when I studied broadcasting. Uh But there you go. Let's get back to our breakaway civilization discussions. We are talking about um, uh, uh, this is definitely to do with um, like having a secret space program. We are talking about that aspect. Yes. Okay. So it's it's a bit like the uh, the plot of the Bond movie Moonraker, is it not? Uh Yeah, a bit. Just that kind of survival. Exactly, and of course, Ian Fleming. I'm not the only one to argue this. Uh, you know, Childress and others have written about it, but Ian Fleming knew something about this. All right, so we know about all the things that were going on in the Bond novels and more exaggerated in the movies, which for the most part very superficially resemble the actual novels, if you ever read a James Bond novel. Now, the thing that interests me here is we have two types of breakaway civilizations. Do they fight each other? What happens? I, I think that when you hear 
for instance, Joseph Farrell and others talking about a secret war going on in the cosmos and, and, and you know, others talk about, you know, there might be ships shooting at each other up there and stuff. Yes, I would say that they are involved in a conflict with each other. And then, of course, that leads to the possibility that, you know, they might be each separately in a conflict with whoever's out there. Or you could even take it as far as each one might be allied to opposing forces out there. I mean, you know, it could be a whole sci-fi fantasy adventure scenario going on. But um, I, I think they do take their conflict seriously. Um, and, you know, I, I think that, like I said before, based on my research, I think what part of what was going on in what I write about in San Bernardino in 1915 had to do with these uh, breakaway factions uh, in opposition to one another. I, I do think there was some very lethal conflict going on there. So does that mean they actually engage in wars against one another or what? They would engage in wars. They would engage in um, uh, esp- definitely espionage and everything that goes with it, which would include, you know, the occasional murder assassination, you know, against each other's operatives. Sure, these are things that go on in the real known world of espionage between nations and such. So, wouldn't you think, right, if there was a single breakaway civilization, it it would be. You know, a certain level of difficulty to keep it secret from the general public. Well, I'll but throw this out were, to you. Go ahead. If there were I'm two sorry, rival, ahead. if there were two rival ones uh, simultaneously, you'd have to think that really makes it more difficult to keep them both secret, especially if they're in competition with each other. You could look at it that way. Number one, you got to ask yourself, how secret are they really keeping it? Number two, actually look at it this way. Let's say there was only one breakaway civilization. And let's say it is by the evidence uh, we could suggest that goes on in the world with the banking and, and the alleged occult stuff and um, the social engineering and the elitism. You, you could say that if they were the only breakaway game in town, why would they hide themselves? They would just come out. This world we live in would be a lot nastier and a lot worse if there was only one because and particularly if it was the one that wants to control us if it was the elitist one because why hide why not just come out and say hey everybody we're better than you we're the elite we rule the world this is what we have suck it up and live with it but isn't Um, that kind of happening already where we have more and more corporate control of. of our institutions and the government yeah, but what I'm saying is it would be on steroids. It would be much more, much more out in the open if they were the only game in town. This is why when I discuss with some other author researchers, you know, they, they have a very cynical, pessimistic view. They go, oh, the you know, evil controls the world and there's nothing we can do about it. And, they'll all, and, and I argue, hey, wait a minute. Then why are they still masking themselves at all? If, that, if they didn't have anybody keeping them in check – um, not necessarily because their their checkers love us. I'm just saying, if they didn't have anybody keeping them in check, th- they would be much more out in the open. They'd be acting like you know uh, Hitler and his guys did. You know, they, they would just they wouldn't care. That's my view of it. So I think that even with all the stuff that we can point to that we know is going on, I say that it would believe it or not, it would be a lot worse if there wasn't someone out there opposing them or vying for what they want. Um, That's just my view. That's my take on it. So you're saying here that there is some level of control here. 
some kind of steps and balances to allow them to operate, but not get too blatant about it. Yeah, I'm going to say in a discussion of this theory, which I do subscribe to, that there are breakaway civilizations, and I mean that, and I subscribe to the idea that it's plural, that, yeah, there is a check and balance. There's something going on between these civilizations, these groups. There's something going on that keeps either one of them from getting a true upper hand. Nuclear de- detente, balance of power in the arms race that was happening with, you know, with the Soviet it's, Union and America, like yeah. that. Yeah, conceptually and theoretically, yes, we're talking about something like that. Now, remember, this is between them, so the, um, they still either – they both – I mean, independently, can and, and probably do, you could argue, you know, exhibit some control over the rest of us, of course. But what I'm saying is, if they weren't out there butting heads with each other, you know, the one who's the worst of the two, if they stood unopposed, I argue things would be a lot worse for us. Because these people are elitists. At least the one group is. They're elitists, they're eugenicists, they're. They're very bad characters, very bad souls, and uh, they would do the you know just hideous stuff more so than people think is going on already. Yeah. Well, the big question I'm going to ask here, and we have some questions from our listeners I want to bring up from sure. our forum at forum.thepowercast.com, and that is here. It seems to me that it's too easy for these breakaway civilizations to act upon our civilization and we'll never know it. It could be done very gradually. We wake up one day and we are under their control, one faction or the other. Yeah, I think that's right. I I think that's reasonable. I I don't see why, you know, that's that's not true. Um, Boy, that creates a lot of paranoia, doesn't it? Yeah, but, you know... uh, you got to it depends on the individual you know you just it's that classic old thing hey there's just some things i can't control all i can do is know how i will react to certain things you know if if a then this is my reaction if b this is my reaction if c this is my reaction and in the meantime i'm going to live my life and keep my eyes and ears open without letting it drive me crazy because you know what this has been going on a lot longer than any of us have been alive so, so that's so a good point know? there. When did it all start? I, I would say that the specific breakaway organizations that we're talking about today, in my opinion, based on my research, um, the one faction was already forming uh, it by the uh, early mid-19th century. And the other faction, the guys that I consider the nuts and bolts, just kind of want to get out there and industrialize <laughs> and go their own way, I, I think they broke off – they broke off from what was forming around um, around the time right after our Civil War. So the 1870s is when they kind of started doing their own thing. And they were mostly um, – most likely Americans um, and uh, probably you know certain Europeans and, and such. But uh, that's what I think. I think they date back to uh, the ones we're talking about today in my opinion, date back to the 19th century. I'm going to ask whether that's the source of those airships from mm-hmm. the 1890s. You know, that? Uh-huh. we'll do that in our next <laughs> segment. I want to remind you, 
to please check out plus.thepowercast.com for the Powercast Plus. And if you subscribe for a year or five years, you get free books too. How about that? Check for details, plus.thepowercast.com. So today, we're joined by Walter Bosley, who has counterintelligence credentials. And we're joined by Gogs Mackay, who has credentials we do not want to recognize because they're top secret. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Gogs and Walter, you're in. <laughs> the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then... A coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. Welcome back to the Paracast the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. He sounds better because he's got that great accent. Well, you see, he does a real Scotty, not the fake Scotty. That's right, that's right. So well, we know there's another career for you, doing voiceover work, Gogs, if you want to pursue it. Uh, I think it'll be, it would have a limited life, that career. You think so? Well, did you see, there was a thread in the Paracast forums after my last appearance, in, and the, the title of the thread was, you know, something along the lines of, Gogs does not sound like Scotty from Star Trek, which is what Don had said. Are we talking about each Scotty, the one from James Doohan, the Canadian, or the one from Simon Pegg, the guy from the UK? We're talking about Jimmy Doohan, definitely. 
Well, Jimmy Doohan was doing, as we say, the cliched version. Yeah, because he was Canadian as well. Right. But he was also a voiceover specialist. Now, before we get too carried away with the free book offers, I wanted to make sure we get all this straightened out so there's no further confusion. So for quite a while now, we've been giving away a copy of Secrets of the Mysterious Valley, the ebook version, for those who subscribe to our weekly newsletter. There's no cost. It's just a weekly newsletter, which contains an editorial from me or somebody else, like Red Pill Junkie has written one, Chris has written a few other authors, including Stan Friedman. You get the newsletter, and when you subscribe, we send you a copy, up till now, of Secrets of the Mysterious Valley. That offer is going to end as of September 8th. Now, if you've heard the show after September 8th, you know, I guess we'll give it to you anyway, but that's the official end of the offer. We've changed the offer then for the Paracast Plus, so instead of giving away just one book, you can get up to two books. So if you subscribe to one year, we'll give you Secrets of the Mysterious Valley. If you take it all and you subscribe for five years, we'll give you Stalking the Tricksters 2. You get two books for the five-year subscription. Find out more about the Paracast Plus. Again, it's plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. We're oh, looking it? over here, breakaway civilizations becoming the main topic of discussion with Walter Bosley and Gogs Mackay. And Walter, I asked you if the airships from the 1890s may have been flown by some sort of representative or more representatives of one of these breakaway civilizations. And in my opinion, that's a big fat yes. Absolutely. Um, I'm convinced that the uh, airship mystery of the 1890s was this faction that broke away from the breakaway, so to speak. <laughs> faction number two, the, the, the American and uh, European-based guys who just they they didn't want to they didn't want to be part of world domination. They just wanted to do their own thing. And I think that by the 1890s, they had begun to develop what they were working on um, to the point where they they upped the game. They upped their game anyway, and um, really were putting on a display. I think for the opposition, saying you know. Here's what we got. Here's what we can do. You're not the only game in town. Was there not some of the, the great airship mystery cases that was there a few of them? Did they not have some kind of high strange aspects to them? Um, not as many as you think. That gets tagged on there. Um, uh, the the same, uh, very much like you know, people say, oh, but weren't most of them all a bunch of April Fool's jokes and fakes? No, 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 no. Very few of them, when you actually look at the accounts, very few of them were jokes and April Fool's you know stunts. Um, in, in fact, a, a guy named Michael Busby has done an excellent book uh, called Solving the 1896 Airship Mystery that I recommend. Um, but uh, uh, the, the high strangeness that you mentioned, when you look at the actual reports, it seems kind of weird in a retelling. But when you look at the actual reports, there's something very human going on there. And I think things were interpreted possibly um, you know, as such, or that the uh, technology was so unknown to most people and so would be considered advanced back then that it would seem as magic, to paraphrase that famous quote. But it, it really, 90, 
about 95% of what you read in those accounts is a very human technology and yet still just as fascinating because somebody's out there doing this stuff. The thing that bothers me about all this is if we have these breakaway civilizations established in the 19th century, uh-huh. why haven't they taken over already? Well, who says uh, – who, who, number one, who says they haven't, um, or, or number two, uh, I argue that this, this second breakaway, they have no interest in taking over. Like I said a minute ago, they don't want to rule the world. They want to rule themselves. They want to go out there and have their own world, and they don't really want to rule over us. Um, now, the other guys, the ones that they broke from, I think these are the ones who um, you know, have embedded within in this idea of the new world order and the elitists. When you talk about all these elitists and doing all these heinous things, you're talking about you know, uh, breakaway civilization number one, you know, I'll call it, as opposed to number two. Um, my, because of my books, I have a reference label for them, but – you know, we haven't gotten into the books really. So, but I call the older one the elitist one, the one that's involved in the occult and the social engineering, the one that wants to rule us and is actually showing its hand in in doing so. I call them Team Nimza, and the other breakaway that just wants to be nuts and bolts and explore and don't want to, you know, rule rule over us. I call them Team Sonora. And my books uh, give an explanation why. Walter, could you expand a little on the uh, the the occult interest of the uh, the elite uh, group? Well, they uh, you know these are guys who came out of um, you know uh, uh, the ranks of people into alchemy and hermeticism, and uh, you know the 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 ones who you know they're, they're using magic. And we're talking that very, you know, that Enochian, you know, that ancient type magic, the kind of stuff Crowley, of course, was into and, and things like that and Jack Parsons and such. And, uh, you know, they, they were – historically, this particular faction – uh, had among them, uh, for instance, the luminaries and the spiritualist with capital S, because spiritualism, as you guys probably are aware, was very popular that uh, emerged in the mid 19th century, and by the 1890s and the early 20th century, I mean it was really popular. And uh, spiritualism became what we call in our times the, the New Age movement, and these uh, these spiritualist luminaries. Uh, they were um, uh, ingratiated with the people that you can that I have identified as being associated with this elitist faction breakaway, and um, you know out of this has grown social engineering and such. And when you dig deeper, you find um, a lot of occult ideas because among the spiritualists and the others involved in this elitist breakaway faction, you also had, for example, the late 19th century, early 20th century German occultists. Okay? Yes, the same German occultists who inspired the Thule Society, who then in turn were very much involved in the rise of the Nazi Party. So we're talking that milieu, that that whole European mystic uh, occult milieu, and part of that was a desire to reach out 
to um, other entities, other worldly uh, civilizations or beings, um, I would look to Peter Lavenda's uh, The Dark Lord for a good um, overview of some of, some of that stuff. But certainly, you know, he's not the only one to have written about this. But these kinds of things were very important to the kind of people that were also involved in the, uh, you know, allegedly involved in the airship mystery, like John Keeley. An author, Theo Pymans, has written an excellent book on John Warrell Keeley. And uh, Keeley was a darling of the spiritualist occultists of his time. we got Walter Bosley joining us this week with Gogs Mackay, and we're focusing on breakaway civilizations, which can take us into many places. You're in the Paracast. Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Sciatica, lower back pain, hip pain, poor posture. If you suffer from any of these problems, get ready to relax. Introducing an amazing product that's been in the market for over 25 years, the Sacro Wedgie. It was invented by a football coach using a common sense osteopath technique. He created this device to help his athletes by isolating and supporting the sacrum, which is the keystone of our anatomy. This wedge-shaped bone is in the center of our hips, where a lot of pain starts. Simply relax 20 minutes daily on the amazingly simple Sacro Wedgie and let gravity do the work, helping muscles rebalance and start releasing nerves. Sit in the sacral wedgie at the computer or while traveling to help correct posture to finally help relieve those stubborn aches and pains for only $33.95. It's made in the USA, so click the family-owned website at sacrowedgie.com, spelled S-A-C-R-O-W-E-D-G-Y.com, or call 1-800-737-9295. That's 1-800-737-9295. Relax your back pain away with the sacral wedgie. Healthy, organic, fresh fish, robust, mouth-watering vegetables, all from your home. It's called aquaponics. This brilliant, self-sustaining protein and veggie system is perfect for year-round growing. Know exactly where your food is coming from. Aquaponicsource.com is the one-stop shop for all your needs. Fish, fish food, plumbing, full systems, classes, and more. Learn to build your own system. Go to aquaponicsource.com for a free guide to aquaponics. That's aquaponicsource.com. 
Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We're back with Walter Bosley and Gogs Mackay focusing on breakaway civilizations of which there may be more than one. So let me ask you a real silly question here. Would someone like a Donald Trump be a potential representative of the breakaway civilization here to take over? Or is it a big joke? Um, <laughs> I, I think that the actual guys are a little bit more low-key. I don't think it's a big joke. I, I think he's very serious about you know what he's pursuing. Uh, but I, in my opinion, I don't think he'd be a good representative – for either one because you know just his personality a, and his nature he's a loose cannon yes he, he would be definitely i think in their circles on either side both sides of the uh, opposition uh, you know the conflict uh, yeah i i think they're looking for people a little more low-key so what kind of absolute numbers are we talking about in either of these uh, breakaway groups what do you mean by numbers oh how many people uh, who knows? I mean, you need people at the top. Uh, you know, I, I, in in my opinion, I think what I call Team Nimza, the older one, the one that is in that does involve occult and elitist ideas. I think there's uh, in numbers in our world more of them. I and and that might be just simply because they've been around longer. Uh, and because of their interest that they want to rule this world, so really technically this is their world. I think the other guys um, can take them on power-wise, and that's how they maintain their independence, so to speak, their personal sovereignty. So they don't necessarily need numbers to reflect their strength or anything like that. So I, I would say that the uh, the older one, the one that's interested in controlling this world, I'd say there's more – they have a larger population in 
individual numbers, but uh, uh, remember the thing that I think theoretically that gives them, you know, what they are that allows them to be what they are is how many people of power, how many people of resource, you know, that's that's what counts. So, I mean, if they only need if breakaway number two, Team Sonora, I call them, if they only need five guys at the top that can provide them, you know, the resources, then it doesn't matter if the other guys have ten. As long as they're able to match or exceed, you know, the numbers don't matter. Well, one of the things here that possibly allows someone or something like this to take hold is that most people don't believe it. I mean, if you told the average person, well, there's a breakaway civilization consisting of rich people or the military-industrial complex or occult sympathizers, whatever, no one's going to believe them. Oh, we're just a bunch of wackos. And that's what they count on, and that's what they're able to bank on, and that's reasonable. I totally get why. I mean, there's people that are going to hear this and say, oh, there's Bosley again. He's so full of crap. You know, um, I'm not buying any of this, and I get that. I totally get that. Um, Like I say, it's just my personal, you know, opinion and position. I'm in the camp that says, yeah, I I think this is going on. I've been convinced that something something very close to what I you know I think what I'm describing here is going on. Now, Let me ask you a quick question here before we go on. You've written several books covering a variety of subjects. If we wanted to get some of your stuff in writing about breakaway civilizations, which books would you recommend? My best stuff where I venture into breakaway territory is uh, where I venture into breakaway civilization territory in my work is in my Empire of the Wheel trilogy, specifically Empire of the Wheel 2, Friends from Sonora. I detail um, some of the uh, German, 19th century German background with the the older group and explain um, the two factions I was talking about earlier. And in Empire of the Wheel 3, the nameless ones, where I talk about the NIMZA, N-Y-M-Z-A, the NIMZA stuff, that gets into um, a little bit more of the breakaway civilization stuff. And then also my latest book, Secret Missions 2, The Lost Expedition of Sir Richard Francis Burton, um, gets into um, some peripheral breakaway issues. What I'm trying to do is put together a big picture, and my books give pieces of, of that puzzle, of what my big picture is, and my personal opinion and theory. All right. But the other question I would have before we go on to some other possibilities here is it's a fascinating theory, breakaway civilizations. Uh-huh. And there are reasons to think it's really happening. But can we prove it? Uh, right now, as such, um, with uh, no, not really. I think all we can do is present uh, what we have and what we think is the strongest evidence and let people decide for themselves. Um I, I just I don't think right now it's provable. Well, you've never been contacted by anyone saying, "Hey, shh." Um, not. <laughs> no, I've never been contacted by anyone told to stop talking. Now we point out here for those who don't know his credentials, he's a former AFOSI agent and a former FBI counterintelligence specialist. So one thinks you'd be the kind of guy who get down and dirty with some of this stuff, right? 
Well, um, coming from you know 18 years in various aspects of the intelligence community, there are certain things that, yeah, you know, there are certain um, uh, tactics that someone like me would recognize. There's um, a certain just ways of of operating. Um, yeah, you know, there there are certain things that you know you would recognize, but uh, it it's not necessarily the thing that's going to uncover the smoking gun all the time. It's just, you know, you see it a little bit more, a little bit clearer than the average person. But, you know, the average person, all I'd have to do is say, here's my perspective. Here's, you know, here's the things I know. And they can easily, because it's not rocket science, they could easily comprehend it and go, oh, okay, yeah, now I see this in the a little bit bigger and a little bit clearer picture like you do. So, um, you know, that that's really, you know, that's really where that comes in handy, if that makes sense. Now, one I am thing, on. we have some questions, by the way, from our audience at forum.theparacast.com. In our next segment, I'm going to have Gogs ask you some of the relevant questions. But I want you to think about one more aspect of so-called breakaway civilizations, and that is the rumor or legend of a secret space program, that there is something else going on, and that when we cut back, beginning with the last moon landing other research and developments continued on in private. So as we break, why not consider some of the possibilities here? If there's a secret space program, does that mean that we continue to explore the moon after the official landings were over? Do we have a base there? Do we send spaceships back and forth, bringing supplies that require something a little more advanced than what we had back in the 1970s? What about Mars? Have we actually sent humans to Mars, not just space probes, and we make a big deal about the space probes, but is it at all possible that we have sent humans to Mars, one-way trips or otherwise? So many possibilities. Walter Bosley, Gogs Mackay, Chris will join us later. You're in the podcast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you owe the IRS money? Has the IRS garnished your wages or put a lien against your house? The IRS has the power to make you pay back what they claim you owe and will stop at nothing to collect. There is a solution. Call Signature Tax now. Speak with our professionals and feel the weight of your tax burden lifted from your shoulders. Call now for your free and confidential analysis. 800-481-3147. Again, that's 800-481-3147. 800-481-3147. The human body is more than 60% water. Your brain and muscles are 75% water. And your blood is 92% water. Water is vital to your body, and alkalizing your water is the key to keep it running at its best. AlkaVision Plasma pH drops keep your entire body healthy, boosts energy, promotes weight loss, and even fights cancer. Call 800-518-7615 or go to AlkaVision.com to find out more. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. That's the sound your brain makes when you realize you're buying something and forgot the coupon. Online or in a store, knowing that you're missing a deal is the worst. 
You need the app from Retail Me Not right now. Get thousands of coupons from 50,000 stores like Kohl's, Domino's, Best Buy, and more with crazy deals like 60% off, free shipping, and free gifts with purchase. You can get a text invite to download the Retail Me Not app 100% free right now for Apple or Android. Just text the code UPDATE to 42767. Then just show your phone at checkout to save. It literally couldn't be easier. It's 2015. Keep your coupon in your phone. Stop what you're doing and text UPDATE to 42767. Listeners will get a text with a link to download it 100% free. Never forget another coupon again. Text the code UPDATE to 42767 right now. That's UPDATE to 42767. Message and data rates may apply. For terms and privacy, visit RetailMeNot.com. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800 800- 287-7180 Did you know that drinking pure high alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining high energy and vibrant health? Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops, available only at AlkaVision.com, combine a unique formula of only the most alkaline minerals. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops alkalize your water, ridding the body of harmful toxins, and helps you regain health and energy. Alkalizing your water by simply adding 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps the body rid itself of acidic waste, increases oxygen content, and raises the pH of your body to healthy levels. And bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. Seven-year-old female and had a heart attack in 2005. This is Alice from New Jersey. I still get angina, even with four stents. I was taking nitro two or three times a week. The very first day after taking heart and body extract, the chest pain was gone. Now I don't wear a nitro patch. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com. This is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. They won't make it doing Beach Boys imitations. <laughs> Walter Bosley, Gogs Mackay, breakaway civilizations on the agenda. So what about the secret space program? Uh, yes. Absolutely, I, I'm convinced it exists. Um, it, to me, it makes sense that it exists. I think that um, Apollo 11 was not the first time we put an Apollo manned craft on the moon. I think we did it secretly to make sure we could do it. Because remember, Apollo 11 was quite the dog and pony show for the whole world. And at that time, when we're supposed to be in a big 
Cold War and a lot's at stake for our reputation and such, I, it does not make operational sense to me that we would, for the first time ever, attempt this landing in front of the eyes of the world when it could easily have gone very wrong. And our first attempt, we could have killed those guys up there. I think that we did it secretly with the same technology, the same Apollo lander, the whole thing. I think we did it secretly first to make sure it would and could work before we did Apollo 11. Now, that's not to say that the Apollo 11 mission or any of those other Apollo missions were not as courageous and intrepid and as risky as, as they were. Of course, every single one of them was a risk. Every single one of them was just an incredible act of courage for those three guys in each case to do that. I so just you don't, don't believe in the theories that some of these moon landings were faked? <laughs> that, there's your answer right there, that the moon landings were fake. Um, I'm sorry, that's nice, but it, it's fun for some people to talk about that. But there's no way in hell those moon landings – no, uh-uh, I'm not of that theory. So. so therefore, Apollo 11 was really Apollo 11A. Or just Apollo 11. I mean, the one that landed could have been, you know, Apollo whatever, um, Apollo X, uh, whatever the designator would be. To me, it just makes more operational sense that we would have done it secretly. Now, think about why do I say this? Uh, one of the reasons, without going into the whole thing to make him an Apollo 11 show, um, one of the reasons is, um, you know, look at Armstrong. Armstrong was a, you know, a professional, um, he, but he was a, to be the first man to set foot on the moon. He was pretty, really quiet. You know, I mean, that's some serious humility there. I argue that you know, even if you're just all oh, shucks, folks, I ain't nothing special. You know, you're gonna you're gonna allow yourself to be paraded out every year on the anniversary of that, or every tenth anniversary. You know what I'm saying? You're the first man on the moon, and Neil Armstrong did not do that. In fact, it's argued that he did quite the opposite. Now, I would say that's because the man, being a professional. Um, let's say I'm right. Well, then, therefore, he and the other guys knew that they weren't the first. So, you know, it's like, hey, don't don't traipse me around. Don't parade me around when you guys know, uh, you know, I wasn't the first. Um, and, uh, again, that does not take away from the accomplishment. Um, so uh, th- that's just what I throw out there for something to consider, okay? Somebody might have a, di- a completely different view um, you know, Buzz Aldrin might want to punch me in the mouth or something. I don't know, but um, that's just something to consider. But to me, it makes more operational sense that they wanted to make sure it could be done. So after we stopped going to the moon, what did we do, really? I think we've put boots on the ground on Mars. Um, I think we continued going to the moon. I don't think we stopped. Um, people say, oh, Walter, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. How can you say that? You know, well, I, look um, – You guys know I'm an Air Force officer, um, reserve, inactive, and you know I was an OSI agent while I was on active duty. At one time I was stationed, my first assignment was LA Air Force Base in El Segundo. That's essentially a space command rocket, you know, design and engineering base. And my personal opinion of the Air Force rocket program is this. I say this to people outside this. You don't know what actually was in the payloads of those payload containers, okay? Unless you were part of every single mission, not e- even the guys on the launch pad 
not do would not necessarily know what was in a payload container. It could very easily have been a manned pod, and the Air Force could have been launching manned missions, you know, from Vandenberg all day long. You know, people looking at the launches, oh, how pretty, and never known that they were putting people in space on board those rockets. And then there's other, you know, there's other means. So, you know, I, I think Apollo, the a manned space program, in, in the, the Apollo vein that the public knows about, oh, that's, that's, that hasn't been our real only space program for a long time, if ever, as our only one. No, I, I don't think that, to me, that does make sense. So I'd how do we prove that? How do we go about proving that we have a more advanced presence on the moon, on Mars, or whatever? You're not going to until you can build your own rocket and get up there and look around. <laughs> That's, as far as proving it, we can't. We, guys like you and me and other researchers, we cannot prove it, you know, un- unless, you know, somebody puts something in our laps, you know, unless, like if I were called to the Pentagon, hey, dummy, come in, here you go, here's the incontrovertible proof, show everybody. Well, yeah, right, that's not going to happen. Short of that, you got to build a rocket and go look at yourself. But right now, they got the upper hand on that because none of us can get there. <laughs> but let me ask you here then. Why wouldn't we reveal some of this? Because it certainly would put the United States in a much better bargaining position around the world. Well, maybe we are, but maybe we're revealing it in a little piecemeal way that only those who need to be the recipient of that message will understand. And the reason that they kind of keep it on the QT is because if we are showing it to them, showing, hey, we can whoop your fanny any time, don't get any ideas – Th- that would be embarrassing to them, right? That would be, they don't want to admit that, so they're not going to reveal that. They're just going to kind of you know, grumble about it in their own corner and try to catch up. Um, or maybe they are on the same level, which brings us back to what's really going on up there. But uh, you know, we don't know that it's not being revealed in some way. That's, see, that's just it. Is we, you can't, nobody can really say that it's not going on. Nobody – it's like the whole – and I don't want to get into this, but it's like the whole disclosure thing on E.T. You know, some some of us think that's kind of they, – they're already starting to do that, you know, starting that process. But uh, just because it's not the classic, okay, everybody, you know, here they are, you know, that's up to them how that's done if that's going to be done. Okay, so we're talking here about the fact that there still is a genuine UFO mystery. Something strange is going on. And we're gradually alerting people to it. And I've speculated, well, we discover more Earth-like planets around other solar systems. Yeah, We discover water on Mars. We see closer and closer evidence that's accepted by science that life is abundant in the universe. And if it is abundant in the universe, the next step is, okay, they came here. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, let's let's put a finer point on it. We came here. You know, there's that possibility. That could be part of this whole dirty little secret um, is that we came here. Uh, we're not of here. Um, but, uh, you so know, you're looking far- at the last episode of Battlestar Galactica. But very possibly, yeah. <laughs> you know, they land on Earth and they intermingle with the local inhabitants. Yeah. Yeah. That's possible. That's something to consider is what I'm saying. 
Could they be wrong. are basically cohabiting with the daughters of men, the human race uh-huh. that existed here already. That could be where all that came from. So therefore, can we think here, and this goes back to the UFO abduction thing, uh-huh. that when we talk about post-possible hybrid races, maybe those who have abductions are experiencing something in our racial memory going back to our origins where that's kind of what happened, where E.T. came here and they were like us sufficiently so they could get together and breed a hybrid race. And we are the hybrids. It's not something that is going to happen in the future. It's here. It's now. Such is the fact that we got to do our break. And we'll get to those questions in our next segment because this is so fascinating. We can do 12 more shows about it. Walter Bosley, Gox Mackay, you're in the USS Podcast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Okay, open your mouth and say, ah. Ah. When your child has a sore throat, you need to know when to get help. The doctor-recommended Say Ah Sore Throat Exam is your solution. The scientifically designed oral retractor offers a clear view of the throat, relaxing the tongue and minimizing gag reflex. Compare with a medical grade chart, website, and app. Then you'll know just what to tell your doctor. A wellness plan in your hands in minutes. Go to sayahahnow.com. Sayahnow.com, the new mainstay for every family's first aid kit. We've been patiently waiting. Waiting while you tried to ignore us. Waiting while you acted like we didn't exist. Waiting for our chance to be taken seriously. The wait is over. GCN is available 24-7 at GCNlive.com. Navigate through news from your favorite hosts and download archives of past shows. Download the app on your smartphone or tablet or visit GCNlive.com for instant access and live streaming. GCNlive.com, the future of talk radio. Now at your fingertips. 
We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a silver dollar in a book explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Ah, uh, Scotty. I <laughs> uh, love it. Beam me up. He never said, by the way, Captain Kirk, beam me up, Scotty. It was always Scotty, beam me up, right? Yeah. Right, because he wouldn't say his own name. That's right. Well, Kirk to Enterprise. Kirk to Enterprise, yeah, that's... So right now, William Shatner, by the way, he and his cohorts who do the writing, the actual writing, he's writing a biography of Leonard Nimoy. Mm, That'll be interesting. All right. Gogs, before we go on, any questions here, and there are a few in there in the forums, relevant to where we've gone so far? Well, considering that this was at short notice, there was a couple of uh, questions came in at the uh, the question bank at forum.theparacast.com. Um, so we have a question from Mr. Fibuli or Fibuli at, for Walter. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Fibuli has been, he's joined only in July this year. And he is asking Walter, how hard or easy would it be for evidence trails to be destroyed when it comes to secret military government projects? I have heard people on the Paracast suggest that given the passage of time in certain paranormal or UFO cases, evidence would have surfaced by now if they ever actually happened. So I think it's basically what we've been talking about. How is How are they managing to keep it hidden? Why is it not surfacing? Well, again, this goes back to some people would argue who says it hasn't surfaced. It's not surfacing, um, uh, and in one way, in the advancement of you know technologies. Um, as far as smearing the trail or or making the trail murky, I would think that that'd be easier than people think. Um, it's just a matter of going back and looking at okay, what trail have we, you know, have we left? Um, what can we do to kind of muddy these waters up? Or can we just get rid of this thing over here? Um, let's just get rid of it. Now, I came to a, a 
thought when I was on active duty in OSI, they might not have had to muddy the waters or cover the trail because um, there's the issue of proprietary material. Now, when the government creates a technology and spends our resources, we, the people, theoretically own that. So, therefore, the trail of what they spent and who they you know, paid it to and how this was created and on and so forth, you know, there's got to be a trail for that, you know, the so-called paper trail, right? Because they have to answer to the people, so to speak. I'm doing quotation marks. However, uh, oh, and that has to be disclosed after a sufficient matter of time, even if at one time, you know, it was classified for whatever reason, unless it continues to be classified. Now, with proprietary material, when a private corporation develops something or owns some information, that's proprietary. It, it does not fall under the constitutional or regulatory guidelines, which require that it be disclosed. That's proprietary. They never have to reveal that information or material to the public. And therefore, based on that, um, when I was an OSI agent, when I was in the Air Force, um, I came to the conclusion that years ago, they put the uh, custodianship of the knowledge of these things in the hands of private companies contracted by the government so that it would give them culpable deniability. Um, gosh, people, there is no trail to this. Why? Because it's been the private contract company and that is technically their proprietary material. So they don't, they don't have to hide the paper trail. It's not required by law to be hidden. It's just in the files of that company. Now, um, as far as it you know, leaking out or emerging, again, I go back to you know, there's all sorts of people talking about stuff and pointing to things saying, well, you know, there's, there's a uh, piece of evidence for it. There's, you know, a place where, you know, is this actually evidence, you know, of this going on? Is this evidence of, you know, ET presence or disclosure? Is this evidence of a breakaway? Um, you could go on and on, you know, in that regard. So I've got something I think it's relevant to, to mention in here, and that uh -huh. is in the 1950s, you could read in um, aviation technical journals about research into anti-gravity uh -huh. And then it just suddenly completely dropped off the radar and yeah. never surfaced again. And I believe Nick Cook in his book, The Hunt for Zero Point, I think he really, you know, uh, homed in on this particular point. And that may have been the start of it. Uh, going into going into private ownership of the, of the military industrial complex of the aerospace companies. And then, yeah, the, the trail goes cold as well because... There's, you know, there's no FOI, FOIA uh, possibility, or you know, it just we we have no right to this information, and I think right. that's what happened to anti gravity research. Yeah, now, yeah, um, certainly post World War II era, I would agree with you. That's that's uh, a factor. That's part of the whole whole milieu, because remember, in my bigger theory, that you know. These breakaways and their technology began to emerge in the 19th century. See, and that includes the uh, development of the anti-gravity or you know some some type of lift other than traditional um, was going on. But yes, yeah, certainly in the post World War II era, as far as the entities we know about, meaning Department of Defense, United States Air Force, um, NASA, and such. 
yes, certainly, I would agree with you. It, it's they they figured this out in the you're right in the fifties. Certainly by the sixties and seventies, it was like, hey, let's just put all this in the hands of the private contract company. They're contracted to us. We have access to it whenever we want it, but they own it. So therefore we have culpable deniability. To me, that's what makes sense. Any more relevant questions, Gogs? Um okay, well kind of um this is this is one I've got a question here from Technomage who's been posting since um December of twenty twelve. So we got past that date anyway. And uh, it's for Walter. What would be the best book of yours to read for someone who has limited time to read? Something concise and compelling would be ideal. Uh, I would say Empire of the Wheel 2, Friends from Sonora, and the Secret Missions books. Um, Those would be Secret Missions 1 and 2. The the one about um, Hidden Legacy of Old California isn't just a book about just California. It, it gets into these things. Um, but uh, Empire of the Wheel 2, Friends from Sonora, definitely would be your number one choice on this stuff we're talking about. So, so the Empire of the Wheel books, they don't have to be read in order? Well, yeah. Um, it, it's best because I will not rewrite the previous book and the next one to <laughs> to make it easier for readers. Um, Empire of the Wheel 1 is the thickest of the three, and Empire of the Wheel 2 um, necessarily refers to certain elements and aspects of Empire of the Wheel 1. It has to, because um, some of the people that it deals with, um, you have to understand you know, the events in Empire of the Wheel 1 to know who I'm talking about um, as far as within their context of, of this Empire of the Wheel mystery. So, yeah, it's best to, you know, if you want the big full picture to have, you know, Empire of the Wheel 1 there handy. Uh, but uh, as far as, you know, what we're talking about today, if you want to have a, a good starter to jump in, um, Empire of the Wheel 2 has material that, you know, is a different direction than I thought this mystery was going when I, when Rick Spence and I did the first one. Yeah. So, Do you have much crossover with uh, the material of a Joseph Farrell? Oh, I, um, you know, uh, when you say crossover, you know, I'm assuming, you know, the questioner means, you know, do I cover some of the same stuff? Uh, yes. Yeah, this is me asking, actually. Oh, fact. oh, this is you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yo, yes. Um, you'll when you read my books, you'll notice that I reference uh, Joseph Farrell a lot, uh, where it's pertinent. Um, I don't do it just to do it, <laughs> but uh, yeah, absolutely. His research. Um, in fact, he's told me he'll tell you that I filled in some, uh, you know, historical background on on the stuff he looks at. Um, he. Uh, you know, he has found that my work in the 19th century stuff, uh, particularly the German involvement and such, um, he finds to be very uh, pertinent and, and very valid. Um, so if you like what he wrote about what was going on, particularly with the 20th century Germans as regards like the Bell technology and this stuff, um, you'll you'll like where Empire of the Wheel 2 Friends from Sonora goes because – it uh, it fits, yes. This fits yeah, that- too. We've got to do our break here. We've got okay. more questions from our listeners, and I have a few more questions to ask about 
the Secret Space Program of Walter Bosley with Gogs Mackay. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Gogs Mackay as my guest co-host with Walter Bosley, author of a number of books on fascinating subjects. And he's the kind of person that you start in a discussion and you can't stop. So a little <laughs> bit farther back, we were talking about the secret space program. So you said we had made further trips to the moon. We're on Mars. Do we I have so. a base on Mars or just paid a few visits? I'm going to go as far as saying that I'm convinced. I think... We um, have, you know, put boots on the ground. Now, there is a legend that I'm looking at in my research that um, writer, um, researcher Sean Castile has written about and others about an alleged 1908 trip to Mars um, involving Tesla technology. Now, the reason I'm looking at this is because it would resonate with my opinion of this this breakaway from the breakaway that I was talking about earlier and that I get into in my books, this what I call Team Sonora, the American group that broke off in the uh, uh, 1870s and was responsible, I think, 
I'm this is my theory, responsible for the 1890s airship mystery. It makes sense to me that if anybody went or attempted to go off planet, go to Mars in 1908, in my opinion, it would be these guys. So that's why I'm looking at it. But right now, I'm just at the point where I'm still looking at it. So I have no conclusions or tidbits to offer on that. So why do I bring that up? Well, here's the thing. Theoretically, let's say they did, that might imply that there is more of a presence on Mars um, than we would be aware of. You know, you're just sounding here like a Jules Verne novel. That's what the material certainly sounds like. Uh Uh-huh. I'm also thinking here when we talk about breakaway civilizations, getting back on Earth. I'm uh-huh. thinking Edgar Rice Burroughs wrote the Pellucidar novels yes, about civilizations within the Hollow Earth. And of course, he used oh. the early legends of Hollow Earth. But let's take it there. Let's set aside the Mars colony uh-huh. or wherever it might be. What about inside the Earth, all this Hollow Earth stuff? Do you think it's real? Personally, I'd like to think it's real. I've been very personally interested in that whole thing. Those who have heard me before know that uh, I'm, I, I wrote an article that appeared in Fate magazine. And it's in their hardcover book called uh, The Best of Roswell, in which I told my father's account when he was in the Air Force of his encounter with the people from the underground, which he swore till the day he died was true. And uh, I wrote that for the record. I I wrote that under my fiction pseudonym, EA Guest, because at the time I was employed under a sensitive contract and it really would have been inappropriate for me to uh, be public as a writer when I wrote that at that time. That's me. That's the article I wrote and that's about my dad. So I have a, a horse in that race, you might say. But you know what? There's over the years... There's been some things that you know I, I might have been intrigued with as evidence, and then you find out, nah, there's nothing to that. But there, there's still – what intrigues me about that idea is that we have barely scratched the surface on how deep, for instance, we've drilled into the planet. And so you know, we, we don't exactly know really – when I say we, the science and technical world, we don't exactly know what's there because we, you know, we haven't gone – that deep so to speak so it leaves a lot of room you know for some uh, good healthy speculation and then when you look at the ancient lore and all this weird stuff associated with people and other things emerging from cavern systems and such you got to wonder what if anything is the nugget of truth to this and 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 i'm a big nugget of truth guy. Just like in the UFO world, we know this. Things get wildly exaggerated based on hopes and dreams and almost religious, uh, you know, obsession with things. And just but, Okay, so Ray Palmer, during the 60s, particularly continuing into the 70s, said just as Edgar Rice Burroughs did at the turn of the century, there were holes at the North and South Pole. If you passed over them, you can go inside the hollow earth. What's your perception, Walter Bosley? I think the idea of the hole at the North Pole has been uh, satisfactorily disproven. But, you know, you hear stories about Antarctica. You know, there's a lot of writers and researchers out there that, you know, wonder if there's not, you know, possibly some entrance down there. You hear stories of a big old giant hole or huge immense cavern system that's been found down there. So, you know, I would say 
the, any any holes, so to speak, would be more like a, a cavern type of entrance um, that you know certainly could have been developed further by a human hand. But shades uh, of Richard Shaver. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, the thing about all of this is, it's just like with UFOs. You got a lot of lore. A lot of wishful thinking that gets mixed in with what might be the good evidence. And it, it ends up, you know, we come back down to what the individual personally wants to think or conclude about it, short of going there and seeing for yourself. And uh, I'm a strong advocate of that. You know, go see for yourself. So, so of course, the theory that Richard Shaver presented was that the survivors of an ancient civilization that departed Earth went into the caves to protect themselves against dangerous radiation by the sun. Uh-huh. We had the good guys being the Tiros and the bad guys being the Diros. Uh-huh. Now, to be fair, if you look at the biographies that came out about Ray Palmer and talking about Shaver, Shaver, you know, had problems. He was supposedly mentally ill, schizophrenic or something, mm-hmm. and that he made it all up. But mm-hmm. then, you know, there was a lot going on there that isn't so readily dismissed because a lot of it relates to these legends. Right. Right. And and I would say this. Uh, here's how I classify sh- the shaver material and, and like material. If you're going to pack up your backpack, put on your expedition clothes, your expedition boots, and go looking for uh, these entrances into the the hollow earth, Um, what you would do is you would hopefully base it on um, this more uh, nugget of truth type information. But you might take the Shaver book. I remember Lemuria, I believe it's titled. You might take a cop, throw a copy of that in your backpack just in case you come across something you go, you know what? I think Shaver might have mentioned this, so you could refer to it, but you wouldn't use it as your main guidebook. Does that make sense? You know, that's the way I look at the lore. Keep it in your hip pocket because there might be something in the lore that, you know, uh, will help you, but for the most part, don't use the lore or the questionable stuff as your main map. Now, bear in mind here, I remember (laughs) Lemuria was a fictionalized version that Ray right. Palmer wrote based on the material from Shaver. Now, as our right. listeners know, I knew Palmer. I knew Shaver. I visited Shaver at his home. I visited Palmer at his home. This goes back to the 60s and 70s. And whatever else you think about Richard Shaver, and maybe he was in the mental institution for a number of years, and supposedly he was railroaded there. That's one of the theories, too. Mm-hmm. And the books that, you know, he was hearing these voices from these other entities, and therefore he must have been crazy. Regardless, the Richard Shaver that I wrote to for years and the Richard Shaver that I met came across as a pretty sane guy. That doesn't mean anything because I'm not a psychiatrist. Maybe I'm not seeing the signs. Or maybe it, with medication, he was able to keep it under control. I do not know. But I'd say this. Something happened to him that he tried to convey right. in his various writings. The problem is filtered through Ray Palmer. What you see there has been done and redesigned and reconfigured to 
serve the audience of a fiction magazine. Because when Palmer said, you know, this is based on fact, people said, ah, it's amazing stories. You can't do that. What we can do is tell you we have Walter Bosley. We have Gogs Mackay. We even have Chris O'Brien. And Chris, <laughs> now you can do it. You're in the Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Sciatica, lower back pain, hip pain, poor posture. If you suffer from any of these problems, get ready to relax. Introducing an amazing product that's been in the market for over 25 years, the Sacro Wedgie. It was invented by a football coach using a common sense osteopath technique. He created this device to help his athletes by isolating and supporting the sacrum, which is the keystone of our anatomy. This wedge-shaped bone is in the center of our hips, where a lot of pain starts. Simply relax 20 minutes daily on the amazingly simple Sacro Wedgie and let Gravity do the work, helping muscles rebalance and start releasing nerves. Sit in the sacral wedgie at the computer or while traveling to help correct posture to finally help relieve those stubborn aches and pains for only $33.95. It's made in the USA, so click the family-owned website at sacrowedgie.com, spelled S-A-C-R-O-W-E-D-G-Y.com, or call 1-800-737-9295. That's 1-800-737-9295. Relax your back pain away with the sacral wedgie. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. Extend your life with Extend Your Bite. Why do over 50% of North Americans suffer from some form of chronic ailment? Could it be due to a toxic overload? It's time to take back your life. Get the lead out as well as the cadmium, mercury, and calcium. Extendivite is a garlic cayenne supplement with five other herbs that acts like a natural Drano, cleaning out the stored toxins, restoring your energy and youthfulness that we've lost. If you would like to live your life free of sickness, pain, or fear, then Extendivite is for you. Available in either capsules or liquid, you too can see why Extendivite is the number one heart drop available. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. 
Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Chris has joined us. He was running late from an appointment. But what to say, we've been talking with Walter Bosley about breakaway civilizations getting into the hollow earth and the shaver mystery. Gogs McKay, our guest co-host. Chris, you want to drop in something before we continue? Well, you know, I would like to, uh, to mention a few things that, you know, again, I, I mentioned these pretty curious, uh, kind of what if scenarios and, and, and claims, uh, several times over the years on the show. One being the, uh, grandfather of my guitar player, in my band, Laughing Buddha, in Colorado, his grandfather was uh, an underground demolitions uh, worker, and he was helping expand the Los Alamos lab underground. In the late 50s and 60s, he was helping expand Los Alamos underground. Uh, of course, there are tons of lava tubes and natural formations underground because of the caldera of the supervolcano that sits right behind Los Alamos to the west. Anyway, he was working with his four uh, co-workers when they broke into what they just what he described as an ancient underground tunnel system and they could tell by the amount of mineralization and you know just various other ways that, that you can determine the age of underground tunneling that sort of thing he estimated that it was at least 10 10,000 years old they began to follow uh, the tunnel that they'd broken into uh, to the south and they got to a point where it actually uh, branched off uh, one branch was headed uh, apparently towards Albuquerque and the Sandias. One, the other branch was headed further west and, and south to towards uh, what they thought was Mount Taylor, which coincidentally is the sacred mountain of the south to the Pueblo Indians, blah, blah, blah. They got to a certain point and they realized that they didn't turn around right there and go back uh, the way they came. They would be late clocking out uh, for the, for the day's work. And, of course, when they got back, uh, he mentioned uh, the discovery to a supervisor. He's pretty excited about it. And they were immediately uh, separated. Uh, they were split up and put into different groups. They um, they were told not to, to talk to anybody about it. He, has no, he had no idea, at least at the time, that the story was related. He had no idea what happened after that. Um, he was never uh, exposed to that again. Uh, he, he didn't hear anything more about it. But one of the interesting things that... Uh, as a kind of a postscript to this whole thing, um, the team that he was assigned to was uh, tunneling towards uh, the Hickory Apache Reservation, uh, the Dolphin. And uh, I was unable to get more information from him about that. I don't think he was on that crew for too long. Uh, it was very difficult to um, communicate with him, I guess, blasting the dynamite and stuff underground for so many years. He had some, he could barely hear. Uh, <laughs> He was, you know, mostly deaf um, by that time. But his son and my guitar player's dad uh, had a very high position at, uh, 
you know, the Los Alamos lab. So, I mean, this is, this is a really well qualified source. And I, I have mentioned this before on the show. I, I don't want to give out any names and get people in trouble, but, uh, let's just put it this way. I've got, uh, I've got some pretty good, uh, a pretty good idea that this is all, you know, legitimate information. And, and it's not the only time that I've, I've run into sources that claim that there is, uh, and has been for at least 10,000 years, an extensive underground tunneling system around the Southwest and, and possibly elsewhere. And, um, of course, researching my second book, um, I, I spoke with, uh, Cal Levesque, who, uh, his maps uh, of the underground, supposed underground tunnel system that, that has been created by, by the military have become quite famous or infamous over the years. Uh, He's been involved in, in documenting this type of, of subject matter, uh, since the mid to late seventies. And, and actually I, I just recently, uh, tried to get in touch with Cal. I left a message for him. I'd love to get him on the show. He doesn't normally do radio or TV, but I'm, I'm going to try to twist his arm and see if we can get him on the show to talk about some of his findings. But, you know, to, to make a long story even longer, um, of course you have the underground city that allegedly exists up in, at Grand Canyon, uh, and, you know, just east of the confluence there with little Colorado comes in to the Grand Canyon right at the, the eastern edge of the national park. And, uh, I'm mounting an expedition in a little over a month to go out there with a, a very accomplished drone pilot and attempt to map the area where GE Kincaid claims he climbed up the cliff face and was able to enter through a, a fairly large doorway that was hidden, uh, to enter into, uh, the underground city. So we're going to try to, reacquire that location. So you may Excellent. be lost, Chris O'Brien, amongst the Deros and the Tiros. <laughs> well, you're not going to see me uh, you know, rock climbing down there. It's very, very difficult to get to. And the easiest way to, to access that particular doorway, uh, from my understanding, is from the river. Our river crew will have climbers and spelunkers, uh, and we'll have a crew on the, on the rim that's going to, going to be there a couple of days early to map the area and, and, and locate the the location. We've got it narrowed down to about a quarter mile. Uh, and I think with a drone in two days of, of serious mapping, I think we're going to be able to uh, cover a lot of ground. And if there is a doorway there, I feel confident that we'll be able to find it. Of course, this underground city uh, is famous among the Pueblo Indians as being the place where when you go down the Sipapu, the place of emergence, uh, you know, just before the earth is going to cleanse itself, that's where that's where the uh, the people are cared for by the ant people for however many generations it takes for the earth to cleanse itself, and then they reemerge and uh, are divided up into clans. Their their physical deformities are somehow corrected, and they're sent off in the four directions. When the article in 1909 came out in the Phoenix Gazette, uh, this F. A. Jordan from the Smithsonian and G. E. Kincaid claimed that even though they weren't able to go in the whole back section of the complex, uh, by looking at the size of the front half of the complex, they estimated anywhere from 50 to 60,000 people could be housed underground in this location. And well, if we could really, you know, prove that this is real, of course, this got to in debunker state was just, a, you know, some publicity stunt by the Phoenix Gazette. But, you know, doing quite a bit of research over the years on this, I, I, there's enough there for me to actually attempt to map an expedition. But we did amount one in 2012, which, uh, unfortunately, because of the wind, windy conditions, we weren't able to, to do any mapping. But this year, uh, we are going to map, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. It's kind of Indiana Jones-type type activities that I, I really enjoy doing. That explains the hat that Chris wears. Walter? 
I was just going to say, I'm looking forward to hearing the results about this, Chris, because I've, I've been one of those that's interested in uh, what you're digging into You know, for a long time. There's a bunch of us out here, and that's going to be a really, really cool when you guys uh, do that. You know, yeah. see what you I find. I had an invitation out for Greg to fly, fly his ultralight for his um, paraglider. There was a parasailer. I think, I think um, it's parasail, yeah. Yeah, it's parasail around the area, but you know, because of the windy conditions, I mean, it was a 60 mile an hour, 50 to 60 mile an hour wind the entire four days we were there. I mean, my tent blew down at yeah. night. I mean, was, and I, I had, I found sand in places I didn't know sand could uh, actually uh, migrate. <laughs> because of the time of year that we went in May, uh, that's the windiest uh, time of year, which unfortunately, uh, we didn't factor that in. But October is generally, uh, you know, it's after the storm season where we have the big thunderheads and the winds and, and it's, uh, it's one of those kind of calm periods of the year, uh, up there on the rim where it's, it's breezy most of the time, but, you know, to have these really strong, uh, you know, steady 50, 60 mile an hour winds, that's really difficult to fly in. So with Gene and Chris and Walter and Goggs, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with Principal Office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Healthy, organic, fresh fish, robust, mouth-watering vegetables, all from your home. It's called aquaponics. This brilliant, self-sustaining protein and veggie system is perfect for year-round growing. Know exactly where your food is coming from. Aquaponicsource.com is the one-stop shop for all your needs. Fish, fish food, plumbing, full systems, classes, and more. Learn to build your own system. Go to aquaponicsource.com for a free guide to aquaponics. That's aquaponicsource.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. 
Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. On the average, Americans work between 45 to 50 years hoping to build up enough wealth to retire and live out their golden years. Unfortunately, with taxation, the rising cost of food, energy, housing, and medical, many retirees are forced to live below the poverty line. Is this a flaw free enterprise, or is our monetary unit we call the Federal Reserve Note forcing us into perpetual debt, ensuring inflation and higher taxes? These questions and more can be answered by reading G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Congressman Ron Paul states it's what every American needs to know about central bank power. A gripping adventure into the secret world of international banking cartel. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I will give a silver dollar from the early 1900s to anyone who purchases this book. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order a copy today. It's critical that the public be made aware of the system. Call and order your copy today at 1-800-686-2237. That's 1-800-686-2237. My name's Clyde, age 59, and I reside in Florence, South Carolina. The doctors diagnosed me as having clogged arteries. Felt like I was carrying heavy concrete blocks around my feet and legs. I started taking heart and body extract as directed. It is less than three weeks, and I'm like a young man again. It's unbelievable that an herbal formula can work so fast and so powerfully. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com. This is Kurt Southern, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. What's fascinating here is how close we all are to the legends of civilizations beneath the earth. And the Shaver legend also is about having these deformed beings who fled to the center of the earth until perhaps when the earth cleanses itself. So much resemblance with all these legends, and you wonder what kind of truth there is. But we're talking about a couple of separate things here. We're talking about an inner earth civilization that's been around for... Long, long time. And yeah. we're talking about breakaway civilizations, two of them, Walter Bosley. So we consider them totally separate, right? Yes. Um, although I would say the, the older of those two um, was influenced by ancient things. And just to keep it simple, I'll leave it at that. Inspired by? Influence, inspired by, um, particularly when you're getting into the um, what may be uh, uh, mercury vortex technology kind of thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. The the, the some of this lore we're talking about um, certainly has a role in the the development and the emergence of these 19th century breakaway civilizations that. I think is what we're talking about today in the 21st century and, you know, through the 20th century. Uh, I think this is my personal position that, you know, the breakaways that, you know, Dolan uh, defined and talks about and that Joseph Farrell and him talk about, I, I think these are the ones that I'm talking about emerged in the 19th century. Definitely influenced, though, by ancient ideas. Troglodytes. Yeah, or that. <laughs> Cool. Well, I'm uh, 
I'm really looking forward to this particular uh, excursion. And, you know, over the years, um, it's almost impossible uh, to not stumble on uh, cross-cultural stories and traditions of underground dwelling ent- entities. Right. Uh, you have the Nagas and the Buddhist and, and Tibetan traditions in the, mm-hmm. you know, the traditions in the, in the Pueblo, Pueblo in Southwest. You have Lulu Kang. Uh, the great reptile that holds the earth in balance that uh, allegedly lives at the center of the earth. And, and you know, there are these types of, of, of traditions that have their own sort of subcultural or cultural spin on them, but they all seem to have a common thread of some sort of reptilian form that um, exists underground, um, is not particularly uh, Benevolent, uh, shall we say? Uh, generally, they're 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 either neutral or uh, malevolent, uh, depending on the you know the, the the time and place and uh, and the particular scenario. It's it's almost impossible not to run into uh, these types of, of traditions. And right. you know, I, I just I think that all myths and legends have some sort of of beginning point, some sort of basis in in some fact. And then, of course, over the eons and millennia. Obviously, things get piled on, things get twisted a little bit. Uh, you right. know, the stories uh, gain uh, a new sort of complexion. But I think if you boil them all down, there there is something tangible uh, at the beginning of these stories, and enough enough to make me intrigued uh, and continue my particular research into uh, these various le- myths, legends, stories, and traditions. Uh, I, I really do think there's something to it. it again, it may not actually be the way the traditional stories say it is but but right. there's there's something there there's i really have a, a strong hunch and my intuition tells me that that there is something there that we do have intelligent uh entities beings uh animals whatever um that are subterranean i i'm, I'm pretty convinced of that okay uh this is this is a question from silithan who is a brand new science signee up at form.theparacast.com, where our listeners get to ask our guests probing questions. And he joined this uh, past Tuesday. It's a three-part question for you, Walter. Um, okay. It's been involved with counterintelligence. The Stargate project comes to mind. Even though it was a CIA project, what are your thoughts or concerns on the project and some of the experiments that they conducted? Well, based on what I know, it was a, uh, uh, you know, it was the famous or infamous, however you look at it, remote viewing program that they were developing. I, I don't really have any concerns other than as somebody who has, you know, used remote viewing himself, I, you know, there's that personal ethic that, you know, you won't misuse it on the personal level. Um that would be my only concern. I, I, it doesn't bother me that you know the government was doing this. Doesn't you know? Because I really what they wanted to apply it to. But uh, um, you'll you'll find I'm more of the uh, pro mad scientist type. I, I say you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> well, so well, he he, he wonders in his second part of his question that he's wondering if you think the project was just a bunch of hocus pocus, quote unquote. Or do you think it, it could have had some legitimacy to it? Oh, yeah. I absolutely think it was a real project. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I was convinced long ago that it was a real project. So, yeah, I think it happened. Well, then the part three of his question is, do you know of anything similar being used by uh, the FBI either in the past or present 
that you'd be able to discuss. Uh, has has it has any sort of success uh, transitioned over to other agencies? To your knowledge? Um, to my knowledge, now, um, not as such, and that's as far as I'll go. Okay. Do uh, I'll just kind of add this. Do you know of any uh, reliance or or even the you know the possibility of attempting to use psychics for any sort of missing persons cases, let's say, or to solve any sort of crimes? Do you know of any? Well, I, I think we all know that you know there's reports and stories of you know police departments and such employing you know psychics to see if that would help we also know there's lots of stories where it didn't do any good right um, my personal view on the psychic stuff is uh, psychic powers are real uh until here's a weird thing and and i embrace this position uh funny thing how once you start running your mouth and telling a lot of people you can do something and the minute you start taking a dime for it uh it just doesn't seem to work anymore yeah. Well, so how about the, FBI? So the commercial intent there, does that kill the ability to do it? Because, um, uh, yeah, um, because what happens is there's something – and this is my opinion, folks. This is my position uh, based on my research and you know experience to whatever degree whoever's listening to this is going to respect um, – because I know there's people that just can't buy this stuff at all. Um, yeah, there's something that goes on, I think, in the subconscious that it's it's once you're doing it for you know you know pay or whatever, it's it's less true, it's less pure. The intent um, to go back to is it being used you know officially or formally by the FBI or such? Here's been my experience. What happens is. You know, people that are in that line of work where they're either an FBI agent or some type of federal investigator or intelligence operative, you have mentors in your life. Believe me, you have the guys who, you know, bring you into this because it's very much that way. I was essentially brought into this by a relative. And you learn these kinds of spooky techniques and things from individuals like that. You're never sent to Quantico to learn remote viewing but your former agent your former spook you know uncle or whatever and that's brought you into this they're gonna be the ones who teach you that stuff and believe me um to some degree uh it can come in very handy Um, i'm going to ask you something here we only have 50 seconds uh left for this segment consider on the other side i know chris has some other things he wants to pursue and i think we're going to have to continue this discussion on after the Paracast this week's episode with Gogs and Walter and Chris. And that is here. We did a show a couple of weeks back with the producer-director of a film called Montauk Chronicles. Uh Uh-huh. And that was about the Montauk Project, where supposedly they were pulling all this stuff Mm -hmm. on (laughs) the east end of New York there, where they were doing all sorts of mind control experiments and even other stuff involving human testing that might have resulted in fatalities. Uh-huh. Have you ever heard of the Montauk Project? And if you did, what do you think about it? That's going to be on the other side with Gene, Chris, Walter, and Goggs. You're in the podcast. Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. We've been patiently waiting. Waiting while you tried to ignore us. Waiting while you acted like we didn't exist. Waiting for our chance to be taken seriously. The wait is over. GCN is available 24-7 at GCNlive.com. Navigate through news from your favorite hosts and download archives of past shows. Download the app on your smartphone or tablet or visit GCNlive.com for instant access and live streaming. GCNlive.com, the future of talk radio. Now at your fingertips. We the do you owe the IRS money? Has the IRS garnished your wages or put a lien against your house? The IRS has the power to make you pay back what they claim you owe and will stop at nothing to collect. There is a solution. Call Signature Tax now. Speak with our professionals and feel the weight of your tax burden lifted from your shoulders. Call now for your free and confidential analysis. 800-481-3147. Again, that's 800-481-3147. 800-481-3147. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercial just like the one you're listening to right now no other network provides the level of customer service we do when it comes to radio advertising we are your one-stop shop and no matter how big or small your business is we can help email us and advertise at gcnlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website advertise at gcnlive.com easy affordable effective
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So I wanted to follow up because we had Christopher Garitano a while back on the Paracast with his film, The Montauk Chronicles, about the Montauk Project. So, Walter Bosley, what's your take on that? Any familiarity with that subject? Oh, of course I'm familiar with it, and I will say it's been it's been enough years. I think I can stay out of trouble. Um, in, my, in I think in my last year as an OSI agent, <laughs> back when you know you got that credential and badge that can get you out of certain scrapes, um, I actually did my own little recon of the Camp Hero Park. Uh, and so I found uh, that there was a big old hole in the fence right off the road there. And I went through it, and I didn't go as deep into the tower or anything like that because, quite frankly, it was clear that it was still a active, you know, like state park site. You know, at the time, I wasn't sure who all was in there, and you know, even though, you know, I I was still on state property, I just didn't feel like public, you know, ostensibly. Um, I just felt like, okay, I've poked around here enough, you know, on my own. So, um, yeah, I, I lived on Long Island for uh, three years when I was with the FBI in Manhattan. I lived there in uh, uh, West Babylon. My son was born in, uh, on Long Island and such. So, yeah, I'm very familiar with uh, Montauk itself and, and, of course, the Montauk Chronicles, the, the books, uh, Matter of fact, I, I have the uh, the one about uh, the uh, Black Sun book written by Preston Nichols or Peter Moon sitting right over here across the room from me because I was looking at it. Now, um, here's the thing about that material is, um, you know, there's certain aspects of it that, you know, it's iffy. It's that particular material is very iffy. Um, the Montauk Chronicles film, my adopted kid's boyfriend just – uh, got a copy of it here a few weeks back, and I watched it. And uh, it's a very atmospheric, uh, moody kind of, you know, and sometimes creepy and eerie kind of film. Um, I, you know, again, this goes back to like what Chris was saying, what I was saying earlier. You know, it's the nugget of truth thing. Um, do I think there might have been something going on at Montauk? Yeah, I, I think there might have been. Now, if it's um, what. The popular books by Nichols and Moon purport. I, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. I personally, I, I, you know, I don't know. I'm iffy on that material as it's presented, but um, I don't consider myself an expert on it. But it's very, very intriguing. I think the root of what they're trying to say there, and uh, some of the stuff that might be iffy, could have been stuff that is a result of you know someone being screwed with mentally to mask whatever the nugget of truth is. But uh, there, there's something there. 
Chris, we have a question from Technomage. Right. Yeah. Technomage is wondering um, about, you know, he listened to uh, one of our interviews with Daryl Sims, and I guess in 2007, where Sims was adamant that UFOs are involved in cattle mutilations because of the weird fluorescent coatings found on cattle. He's wondering if I'm aware of, of his point of view on the mutilations and have I addressed this anywhere? He says, I haven't heard this discussed with Daryl the last time he was on, but I know you disagree with this point of view. It's not that I disagree with it. I just, um, I just feel that there's no data to support it. We only have one case and one example of fluorescent type. Um, actually, it was a um, ultraviolet paint that was uh, – or some sort of substance that was found on the backs of a number of cattle on the Manuel Gomez ranch uh, when Howard Burgess and then uh, State Patrolman Gabe Valdez ran um, animals under a blacklight at night. And they did find uh, this fluorescing material on their backs. Well, they staked out the herd and, and obviously kept these particular animals under close observation. Uh, and much to their surprise, uh, nothing happened. And when they ran the cattle uh, a number of days later, they ran them through the chute again under the blacklight. Uh, none of them had the fluorescing material. It somehow had vanished. So that case is the only case that we have that suggests that this type of uh, – marking, if you will, uh, activity has uh, been taking place. I routinely ran black lights over, uh, you know, a majority of the cases that I investigated, and I never found any uh, obvious fluorescent material. Occasionally, I would find uh, some little bits and points of fluorescent material, but mostly on the legs or the sides of the animal, never on the back. So there you go. Okay. Let's move on here. We have decided, by the way, we're going to continue this discussion after the Powercast this week. Cool. Just too many places to go. All right. So here's where we stand, folks. We have a crazy world out there. We may have a secret space program. We may have not just one, but two breakaway civilizations. And it gets to be pretty spectacular. And maybe those breakaway civilizations are influencing us. Maybe there is a gradual program to acquaint us with the presence of E.T., and let's get into that, maybe our, be our final issue here in the remaining couple of minutes, Walter Bosley. So you do accept that we set aside all the stuff that we're doing here. Something is coming from out there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I've been convinced. I, I accept the, uh, the existence of E.T. Yeah. But how do we separate that from possible government disinformation? Because we can talk about that, especially in connection with the early days in the UFO field, where we're doing all this testing of these Nazi inventions with all the Nazi right. scientists that joined our space program, like the Ghost Rockets or Roswell. Here's two things to consider. Number one, for whatever reason, you're going to know for sure when they, the ET, let you know for sure. All right, they hold the cards on that. For whatever reason, they hold the cards on their own disclosure, number one. Number two, consider what we were talking about earlier, that the secret of ET might be that it might be just be us, you know, another group of us that could be every bit as human as us, and that would make it easier for them to move among us, right? So we might be looking for the wrong thing. We're looking for grays. We're looking for little green men. You know, we're not looking for, you know, some guy that looks like Joe Schmo, the cab driver. Well, remember, Klaatu looked human. Exactly. So, uh, you know, I think there's some of that going on. For, for whatever reason, 
we just don't have the answer yet or the incontrovertible evidence that's going to convince everybody yet. We just don't have it. And I say that's because they're the ones holding the cards on that. So is it then possible that the gray aliens we see are illusions? Uh, it's possible that they're illusions. It's possible that they're some type of automaton. It's possible that they are – there's the whole interdimensional discussion, which I think is very valid to look at. But when you're talking extraterrestrial, it might be that there's a much larger human factor in this. Quite frankly, there's some people that just don't want to hear that. Well, we didn't want to hear it because we're going to hear <laughs> more of this in After the Paracast this week. But I'll tell you how to subscribe in a moment. Walter Bosley, can you tell our listeners where we can find more of the things that you do? Absolutely. And I'd like to add that I'm going to be speaking at the Secret Space Program Conference in Bastrop, Texas on October 31st. It is cool. Halloween. Exactly. And in Bastrop, which if you're familiar with your airship mystery reports, newspapers in Bastrop and people in the Bastrop area were seeing these things in the 1890s. So it's a perfect place for the SSP conference. You can find information on how to go to that conference at the same place you can find out about my books, and that's empireofthewheel.blogspot.com. I am also on Facebook. I have a public uh, profile there. You can just, you know, friend me there. And I'm also on Twitter. But empireofthewheel.blogspot.com. My books are on Kindle and Amazon and print on demand at Lulu. So for the Powercast Plus, we're giving away a new thing here now. So the Powercast Plus at plus.thepowercast.com. It works this way. You subscribe, you get the ad-free version of this show, you get After the Paracast, which this week will include more discussions with Walter Bosley. And if you subscribe for one year, I'm going to change it. I'm going to change the rules now. We'll give you a copy of Secrets of the Mysterious Valley from Chris O'Brien, the ebook version, which we're offering for newsletter subscribers too, but not for very much longer. If you go for five years, you get that book and book number two, door number two, Stalking the Tricksters for a five-year subscription. Go to plus.thepowercast.com, P-L-U-S.thepowercast.com to learn more. Check us out on Twitter. Look for The Paracast and The Paracast Fan Clubs, plural, on Facebook. Gox McKay, Walter Bosley, thank you both for joining us on The Paracast. Cheers, Gene. Thank you guys again. I appreciate being here. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.